You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Hey, Kate. You know what song you should sing? What? Get Out and Stay Out. What's that from? Hey, everybody. Welcome to What's That From? An exploration of musicals we don't know, but probably should. I'm Josh. And I'm Kate. And today we'll be exploring 9 to 5. So like, as we said, we'll be exploring the musical 9 to 5. To kick things off, we're going to start with a little thing we like to call the 60 second plot challenge. Each week, one of us will have 60 seconds to describe the plot of the show that we are discussing. Josh, 60 seconds on the clock. 9 to 5 is up to you, my friend. Take it away. There are three women, and they are working at this company, and, um, oh, I'm so nervous, and they are under the boss, who is this nasty, misogynistic guy, and they all know that they should be treated better than they are, but uh, somehow they end up kidnapping him, and by accident, and they have to figure out a way to... Uh, justify why they kidnapped him while also taking care of the company and making it the way that they want to make it. Do I still have time? Yeah, you still have 15 seconds. <laughs> uh, and they do that. And they succeed. <laughs> and they don't get in trouble. Boom. Nailed it. That was incredible. That was great. Yeah. Cool. I feel like that was that was the plot. I was like, there's more, and then I was like, no, there's not. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? I was like, oh wait, we just kind of dwell in this land for a long time. In a good way. Yeah. But love that. Love that. You killed that. Nice. Josh did a great job in 60 seconds, I think, of summarizing pretty much all you really need to know. But just to kind of go into it a little bit deeper. It follows three women, Violet, Dorley, and Judy, as they are sort of trying to figure out their lives as a woman in the workplace, working nine to five, as the title suggests. They're all kind of going through their own turmoils. Dorley is in a relationship she's happy with, but she's always objectified. Violet is always trying to step up the ladder, but she's always getting beaten out by men. And Judy has never had a job before and just got cheated on by her trash husband. So now she has to work and she's trying to figure it out. So they're all kind of in different positions in the workplace, but they find each other and through their fierce feminism and also a, um, a, uh, (laughs) yeah, through (laughs) through belting, through also with, um, weed through drugs they all come together and they're like wouldn't it just be great to burn the patriarchy and then they're like yeah and then they um act upon that they really do and they um when they smoke their joint they all have little fantasies where they each imagine murdering their boss and um then the next day, um, Violet convinces herself that she accidentally poisoned him, and they get nervous and think that they did. 
I mean, obviously the only route to take is to kidnap him because he starts to, oh, this man, what, his name's Hart, yep. the boss, literally a piece of trash, the worst. He starts to, or he catches wind from, oh, his, um, his sidekick. Uh, yeah, his assistant. His assistant. He's in love with him. Yes, Roz. Yes. Roz, his assistant sidekick minion lady, overhears it. She fills him in. Of course, he gets in on the plan, starts to act like he's going to die. And they're like, oh my gosh, if he finds out that it's us, this is going to be so terrible. So they're like, we obviously have to blackmail him and trap him. And they like hook him up to the ceiling of the garage. Of his own house, I think, right? Yeah. And, um... They're like, obviously, this is the only move that we can take. And so then they um, straight up kidnap him, which is honestly, yeah, they kidnap him in his home and they threaten him, right? What do they threaten him with? Well, they find out that he um, had been doing something illegally with the company. Oh, the money! They need to get more information on it so that they can't... Blackmail. Oh my gosh, him. yes. They let him free so that they he can't get them fired or arrest them for kidnapping him because yes. they have dirt on him too. Yes. Yeah. It's because um Violet, her like accountant boyfriend guy, the little love interest bit that exists in the show, they're like, we need to get this accountant to check on these books because we're pretty sure that Hart has been stealing money from the company. But we don't know. So we need to kidnap him, obviously. Right. So they kidnap him, and they're holding him hostage. And um, conveniently, nobody cares where he is, except for Roz, who's in love with him. So all the women in the office, not a single question, actually more rejoice, I'd say. They start the women leading the company start a daycare so that working moms can work longer i believe they do they change the hours i mean they do a whole bunch of stuff for like just women in general you can like have pictures on your desk you can live be feel free to express yourself wear what you want do what you want and productivity through the roof so then the ceo of the company comes in and is like i don't know what is going on here and then the heart is like, yeah, you want to know what's going on? I've been trapped in my house. And he's like, oh, actually, I was going to say, you guys have been like 20% more productive, so. You get a promotion, yeah. Yeah, and he's like, oh, um, yeah, actually, when I said that I was trapped in my house, what I meant was I was making the company better. Right. <laughs> so he tries to take the credit for it, but the CEO sees right through his bullshit and is like, Violet, promotion, finally. She gets up there and... It's, yeah, it's Violet a- becomes the head of the company now, and then right. Dorley becomes a famous country singer. Quits her Obviously. <laughs> and um, what happens to Judy? Oh, she's single and loving it and wrote a best-selling book. Honestly, a feel-good tale. I left the show that I didn't see, but I left reading it feeling good. <laughs> Me too. I was like, yeah, no, this is this is a good... A good tale. I thought it, like, covered a lot of important issues. Totally. Yeah, but I thought a lot of that, like, I felt like 
the three characters gave you enough to relate to. Like, if you didn't relate to one of them, I guarantee there's one of the three that you could find something in common with. I thought was really cool. If you had to pick, would you say, are you a Violet? Are you a Judy? Or are you a Dora Lee? It's tough because I would want to be a Violet so that I could sing Violet's One of the Boys. But if I had to pick... uh, Honestly, maybe I would be Violet. I feel like you would. I feel like I like to be in charge. And she, the whole time, she just wants to be in charge. Yeah, and she also, like, knows what's going on. And then people are like, do you know what's going on? And she's like, yes. But then, finally, she does the thing, and everyone's like, oh. Oh, she did know what. Yeah, you did. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like that's, like, I just feel like you, like, know what's going on. And then people are like, do you know what's going on? And then you do something, and everyone's like, wait, that was great. And you're like, yeah, I told you. (laughs) You know what I mean? Who are you? Which one are you? Uh, I'm 100% Judy. <laughs> I wish I wasn't, but I am. <laughs> Maybe you'll write a best-selling book like she did. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to count anything out at this point. Um, speaking of these characters, they were played by some iconic women on the stage and in the film that this is based off of. I mean, Yeah, okay, this cast baffled me. I was like, I had to wear sunglasses. It was so bright, this cast, <laughs> let me tell you. Who played um, these women in the show? Again? So we have Megan Hilty, the queen herself, is out here as Dorley, which the casting, impeccable. I was floored. Team Ivy, all the way. Team Ivy, <laughs> to bring out some smash up here. But literally, that was like the most obvious casting choice. Like she would have walked in, I would have been like, all right, you yep. you start next week. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. But I thought she was great, especially her ability to change her voice. I just yeah. felt like I was like listening to it. I was like, this is not Megan Hilty. And then I was like, it definitely is. She's so talented because she can just do it all. You know yeah. what I mean? And then yeah. um, Violet's played by Allison Janey, Oscar winner. Hello. Yeah. Love to see it. Pierce. Yeah, she really said, she said, I do TV, I do film. Let me just step on Broadway and crush it really quick. And she really she, triple threat because she does dance in this too. I mean, she, yeah, she looked great in that number. Yes, and like her singing is good too. Yeah. I was like, wait, okay. Like I feel like on like Wikipedia and like online and stuff, it's just like West Wing, I, Tanya, all the stuff. And I'm like, Okay, wait, but she was also in 9 to 5 on Broadway. Yeah. Like, so can you get some more credit in there? Or what? Where for, like, an Oscar actress to be also on a Broadway musical? Yeah. Unless you're Liza Minnelli, but. It's facts. <laughs> and I also feel like people, like, well, I guess they kind of sometimes go back and forth. But I always feel like, I don't know, like, I feel like you start on Broadway and then, like, you get a movie and then it's great. But she was like, I'm going to do all this crazy stuff and hollywood and then come here i don't know she she really transitioned seamlessly yeah she did a good job though i thought she was a very compelling and it's it's hard that like transition i feel like between stage and screen but she seems like she's got it under control so like why aren't we all backing this woman up i feel like she should get more credit for this you know yeah she should do more things yeah and last but certainly not least judy stephanie j block She's probably, I think, the most transformative, like, contemporary Broadway actress we have. I feel like she's 
everything. She has everything. Like, every kind of style of show, style of music, different types of characters. Like, she does it all. Like, And why... Why do I feel like she gets no credit? You know, like, why'd she just win a Tony Award? I mean, like, she's done this, 9 to 5, which is, like, kind of, like, country, you know, like, that kind of thing. Cher, which is a totally different persona and music style. And she replaced Sutton Foster in Anything Goes, which is, like, Cole Porter, like, Golden Age. And she was in Falsettos, which she should have won a Tony Award for, because that was an incredible performance. And the boy from Oz. Oh, she played Liza Minnelli. Like, she's, she's done, like, iconic people and regular people. And, like, she can just do it all. Like, I just don't... I, I feel like she's one of those people where, like, because she can do it all, we just don't talk about her. <laughs> like, everyone's just like, oh, yeah, Stephanie J. Block, she can do anything. So, like... Right, she doesn't have her one thing that people can grab onto. It's because she has all the things. Yeah. I, I gotta be honest. Like, just thinking about her... It, it just triggers a lot of dopamine in my brain. Uh-huh. It really does. Yeah. She's, she's amazing. She's yeah. incredible. Yeah. So, like, this cast, too, I felt like they all had their own... They were just all... Had their own thing that they all brought to the table that I was just, like... The three of them, I can't imagine replacing this cast. I know. You know? Which might contribute to why it only had... 148 performances on Broadway. So sad. I listened to the whole, um, I did a big car trip the other day and listened to the whole album on it and didn't really know anything about it after listening to it. But then once I finished my trip, I was like reading about it that night and I was shocked to learn that it didn't run for very long because I thought the music was great. That's what I thought too. And I honestly, like, I felt like it had a lot of things, at least like a feel-good musical should have. I felt like it was well-balanced. It had, you know, like the silly dream plot. It had the real no, plot. It had the plot. Yeah, it had everything, which also I will say, I listened to it first. That was, so you said you listened to it first too? Yeah. So I listened to it first. And when I was listening to that like murder ballet, that when they're having their trip, I was getting so excited because I was like, there's this huge murder where we're just really actually murdering the patriarchy and then it was a dream and I was like oh shoot <laughs> I'm bummed now I wish that that was real it also like is like helmed by like big people I mean Dolly Parton we haven't even talked about yet I mean she wrote the music for it and she started in the movie which I forgot to say like Jane Fonda Lily Tomlin Dolly Parton also three iconic women also Dolly Parton Dora Lee like they are simply the same person that makes sense. it makes so much sense I was like, yeah, she is the Backwoods Barbie. Thank you. And then um, Joe Mantello directed it, who is also a huge director, was just in Hollywood, the new Ryan Murphy show, and directed um, Boys in the Band. And then he directed Wicked. Wicked. Yeah, yeah, Wicked, Assassins. Yeah. So, like, we had a big, and also Andy Blankenbuehler choreography. Thank God. So good. Thank God. I literally, I should have known. It was too good. Yeah. I was, I was watching the, um, the YouTube slime tutorial about nine to five, if you know what I mean. And, um, the transitions between the scenes made my jaw drop. And I was like, wait, there's no way. This is just too good. So of course it compelled me to look up the choreographer. And once it was Andy Blankenbuehler, I literally like hit myself in the forehead because I should have known. Yeah, it's so liquid, his transitions. I saw Bandstand, it was, like, so smooth. I literally was like, wait, 
what is going on? Why, why have I not noticed any scene changes? Oh, because they are also art. <laughs> and um, William Ivy Long did the costumes, and he does the best costumes on Broadway. I just, like, I, I just feel like it was set up for such success. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, nothing about this production team on paper, this cast on paper, shows any sort of, like, fallout. Right. So I was kind of bummed that it only ran for 148 performances, you know? I- it's also as funny that high schoolers do this show now. Like, this is where it lives the most now. Like, it didn't run very well on Broadway, but now it's, like, a big high school musical that people do. Like, I, I'm sorry. I cannot imagine a high school doing this show. Like, can you imagine a, like, 17-year-old boy playing Heart, like, having to look at Dorley's, like, oh. butt as she's picking up these pencils and all this stuff? I'm like, they, like, they get high too like that's kind of like raunchy for a high school that's what i and they, like have a dream ballet where they murder somebody i guess like high schools do chicago like that's pretty raunchy too i guess i just think it would be the most awkward production ever and yeah. also like do you have enough people that can sing all those songs there's like there's some big songs in there i'm like i just feel like this could could be a Hit sad event yeah you know what i mean oh yeah how was it received? Well, I just feel like how it was received by people, I think as far as, to, as nominations for awards go, it did, it did get a lot of nominations. However, it did not take the cake in, um, in the award season in a good old 2009. Billy Elliot was the one that sort of swept that year. So it was really- interesting about that is that Elton John with the music for... Billy Elliot and Dolly Parton with the music for this. You know, like two music yeah. by like somebody in the pop circle wrote the music for, you know what I mean? Like that's kind of interesting in the same season. It's also interesting, I think, because now when pop people write shows where like, oh, every Broadway show is written by a pop artist. But I feel like these were like original shows with music written by a pop artist. Whereas now I feel like it's a lot of- Jukebox. Jukebox, yeah. Deborah Ellis did it right. With True. I want yeah. her to do something more too. Side note, I want her to do a new musical. Yeah. Also, I Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton should write another musical. Maybe they should collaborate. Honestly, a Dolly Parton Sarah Bareilles musical? Throw Elton John in there too. Like, unstoppable. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Let's make it happen. Let's speak it into existence. Did it win any Tonys? Mm, no. no. It won no Tonys. Only award it won, a Drama Desk award, was Alice and Janie. She I get that, but I feel like Stephanie J. Block should have at least been nominated for a Tony. I know! I was kind of shocked. I was like, I don't get why all three of them didn't get nominated. Because I I feel like they all gave such great performances. And I also felt like all their roles were of equal stature. Yeah. So I, I kind of feel like they got snubbed from the Tony Awards, I'll be honest. Honestly, like, this makes me think of, like, Legally Blonde and how Legally Blonde, like, didn't really, like, do well at the Tony Awards either, even though it's Maybe, it, like, one of the best musicals ever written, but otherwise. But, like, it makes me think, like, during this time of Broadway, when, like, movies coming to musicals weren't as, like, the mainstream as it is now, that it wasn't in the awards award circle yet, if that makes sense. So, like, Mean Girls was nominated for so many different Tonys. And, like, Beetlejuice. And, um, you know, like, all of those that are happening right now that are movie musicals. Movies to me. But... Maybe like nine to five and legally blonde like walked so that those shows could run 
Thank God. <laughs> Coined the phrase, nine to five walked so Beetlejuice could run. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean, though? Like, I kind of feel like it's easier to accept that those new or movie musicals are, like, in the, like, the popular circle, like, in the award circle. But back then, maybe, in 2009, it, it was more of, like, a, hmm, I don't know about this. Wasn't Billy Elliot a movie? Yeah. So maybe this is the beginning of it. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, maybe this is like the beginning of that era. Because, yeah, they, Billy Elliot was the one that kind of took the cake that year. Yeah. But, yeah, basically 9 to 5 was just praised for being a good, like a cute adaptation of a movie, but not much else. And I, I kind of feel like that's kind of what happens now, too. Right. You know, like I feel like Mean Girls and all of that, they're all just like, yeah, that's a good adaptation of Mean Girls. But I don't know, at least like in a lot of the reviews and stuff, the cast was like, they always highlighted that the performances were amazing, the dancing was amazing, but I guess that just wasn't enough to keep the show open. What was your, um, if you had to pick, what's your favorite song? Get Out and Stay Out, 100%. I wanted it maybe to be something else, but come on, the placement in the show, the end, and she just like, Judy is just such a great character. And also the way that Stephanie J. Block builds that song, like, it's just untouchable. The way that she performs it. I'm like, yeah, no, this is like the women empowerment ballad. Every woman that's ever been in a toxic relationship needs to belt, get out and stay out in their car by themselves at least once a week. Because let me tell you, that is going to solve a lot of your problems. It's so exciting to hear somebody sing, too. Like, it's just an exciting song. It really is. And, like, the more I listen to it, the more I appreciate just how it's built. Because I feel like when I've heard it sang before, it's always one, it's just, like, so much. Like, I'm like, wow, you are really going for it. Like, we are belting, we are getting out, we're staying out, you know? But I feel like Stephanie J. Block, her character arc of Judy... Like, she starts the song so timidly, she's, like, so nervous, and then by the end, she is, like, up in the stratosphere, belting for the gods, and I, like, just want to stand up and, like, I just, like, this is the the number in the show where it would get a standing ovation prior to, like, the end. You know what I'm saying? Yep. What about you? What would you say is your, your cup of tea? Um, you know, like, surprisingly, I gotta figure out what it's called really quickly the title of it. Um, it's something that's in the beginning. I mean, obviously my top choice is One of the Boys, Violet's One of the Boys. It's just such a good, like, classic, like, leading lady, like, Broadway number, you know? Mm-hmm. But also, um, they do a trio when they're all, like, having a bad day and then they're all, like, I, I think it's We Can Make It, something like that. Yes! Or, yes, like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, oh, I just might. Yes. That's what it is. That's the thing is, I feel like there's a lot of unsung heroes of 9 to 5, you know? Like, like songs I was like, I've literally never even heard a note of this before, and why haven't I? I mean, somebody would have to say, what's that from, after they heard it, because I, these songs don't circulate. Seriously. Like, I feel like a lot of them sound familiar because Dolly Parton wrote them. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I never would have guessed that this was from a show. I also really liked um, Roz's song, The Assistant, where she's in the bathroom, where she has, like, her, like, her big shining moment. I like that song, too. I thought it was cute. Yeah. Overall, I'm, like, I would have 
I would have really sat through this. I really would have. I would have been super into this if it was on Broadway. And there was actually supposed to be a 2020 revival in Australia. But thanks to good old Miss. Right. She's not happening. But it was going to be directed by Jeff Calhoun. Now it's suspended indefinitely. So I guess we'll just never know. Because I honestly think, I think the message of this show, unfortunately, is still really accurate. And I think it could really speak volumes about... Today, still, for sure. I also think, like, you know, they're making a prom movie on Netflix. Like, they should make a 9 to 5 movie musical. Like, that could be fun. Like, I think so, too. And I think now would be a good time for it, too, because I think people know the movie. And I think there's a whole generation of people that like the movie that maybe didn't even know the musical existed. And so I feel like, like with the prom that's a Broadway show. That is a Broadway show story, right? The prom was in a movie, right? It wasn't? No. So I feel like that's that's really getting people to jump on board for something that they're like, I don't know the movie. I don't really know the story and I have to trust. Whereas 9 to 5, it's like people already trust because it was a movie. Dolly Parton is a big name. I just feel like it could be... I feel like if done right, they really... Maybe they'll do one of these like NBC Live... Nine to five. Honestly, it could be fun. It could be fun. I'd support it. Those musicals sometimes make me cringe, but I still support them anyways. Right, as long as they're putting musicals out there and people are watching them. Even if they're bad, i just glad that people are trying it. Yeah. So, overall, if you had to rate nine to five on a scale of one to ten, what would you rate it? Ten being the best. I think if, if I had to rate it one to ten... I would give it, for the original production, the one that I watched, listened to, I would give it, like, a nine. Yeah. I don't know if that's, like, really generous, but it it checked every box of, like, my musical theater nerdy, like, the ideal musical. Like, nothing more, like, just, like, a piece of of good, fluffy, wholehearted musical theater I thought that it checked every box like there was belting there was dancing there was a fun quirky storyline and like three fierce women were the leads which is not always the case and so I thought that it highlighted women really well and I had fun totally what about you what would you give it I give it like a nine to five (laughs) (laughs) I cannot believe it (laughs) I I think I'd give it a eight out of ten yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I, like, yeah, I liked it a lot. Like, I didn't, I guess I kind of didn't have, like, an expectation. No, I, I definitely was pleasantly surprised with it. Wasn't expecting it to be incredible. Wasn't expecting it to be bad. I just didn't know, and I liked it. I don't get why high schools do it, but I feel like no colleges do it. No, I feel like it would be a great college show. Three female leads, like, yeah. yeah what? That seems like every college's dream yeah if any colleges are listening out there maybe add nine to five to your season add nine to five if you're thinking of doing legally blonde do that and nine to five five. (laughs) so make sure to tune in next week as we explore the musical venice and if you're interested in learning more give us a follow on instagram at wtf underscore b way that's wtf underscore B-W-A-Y. 
And if you happen to come across any musical theater songs that make you think, hmm, what's that from? Send it over to us. Maybe we don't know. Maybe we want to explore it with you. We're open to any and all suggestions, and we'll see you in Venice. See you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. America, we are endowed by our creator, with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.